0: Welcome to the Brand Bay Podcast, where we chat about beautiful business graphics and how to step up your brand strategy game. I'm your host, Leah, better known as the Brand Bay. Let's get it started. Hey,
1: babes,
0: welcome to episode two of the Brand Bay Podcast. I am super excited today for episode two because I have a very special guest coming to the guest chair, Chef Tiffany Janelle. So I know you've probably come across her brand and her post at some point in time. Her food is absolutely beautiful and amazing. She shares wonderful life quotes and she's just an all-around wonderful person. Uh, She's become one of my favorite clients and I wanted to bring her on so you can hear for yourself what the branding process looks like when you work with me and also how she's been able to build a luxury brand. They don't call her Chef to the Stars just for anything. She is um, a chef for ordinary people like me and A-listers. Let me read you her bio just so you know a little bit about her before we get into this interview, okay? Chef Tiffany is a Houston, Texas native. She's the executive chef and owner of one of America's fastest growing food experiences. She's a proud graduate of the Lenote Culinary Institute and she specializes in healthy and organic plays on Southern Creole cuisine. I'm just gonna pause right there and tell you if you haven't had Chef Tiffany's grits, you haven't had grits, okay? They're my absolute favorite. Her clientele is made up of some of your favorite A-listers and athletes from the likes of Will and Jada Smith, Adrian Peterson, George Foreman, Tracy McGrady, Trey Songz, Estelle, and even Beyonce, y'all. Chef Tiffany has the desire to bring the optimum food experience and presentation to the table building brand partnerships in the form of paramount bespoke events in Los Angeles, New York, Houston, and globally. Guys, I want to welcome Chef Tiffany to the guest chair. That is quite uh, a bio, Chef Tiffany. Thank you for joining me today.
1: You know, it was funny listening to that. I was like, good God, i have done. You really have. That is quite impressive. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Yeah, so you're actually my very first guest. And this is really, really special to me because you are the one who actually named me the brand bait.
1: Yes, and I mean, I was so honored that you asked me to be a part. And, I mean, that's (laughs) how I feel about your work. I just, I mean... Anybody that doesn't want to align with the person that's created to help them build their brand, I mean, shame on them. So yes, you are bait to this brand, honey. That's <laughs> all I can say. <laughs> Thank you
0: so so much. Those are very kind words.
1: Absolutely. So,
0: can you tell us and all the listeners a little bit about how you got into entrepreneurship and what was your biggest influence?
1: Um, a little bit about entrepreneurship. So. Um, for me, you know, I think I always knew I wanted to be in business. Um, In high school, I was a little bit rebellious. I wasn't really into like the corporate uh thought process that they kind of put on you in the school systems, which is like, you know, you got to wear a lanyard, you got to be here at this time. And so I already knew I didn't really fit that mindset. Mm-hmm. And so my father, my my dad was actually a really big um, entrepreneur. Like he was a photographer, so he was creative naturally. But I mean my dad could sell ice to Eskimos. So I just <laughs> you know, innately I think I inherited that. And I think for a long time, you know, my mom just did not understand, even after culinary school, why did I just not go and like become this big chef at a restaurant. Like right. just work at one restaurant, you know, let these people come taste your food, you know. So I've always been a little unconventional and I think entrepreneurial um passions and paths lead you to an unconventional result and so for that i'm excited to to be on this entrepreneurial journey
0: i love that because i've always been super conservative and so i always was like the exact opposite like i have to get a corporate job i have to do this i have to do that so later in life i'm here now trying to explore my creative side so i really love that you did that right out the gate
1: well thank you Mm -hmm. i think it it does take courage to do both to be fair i mean to kind of suppress your creativity to work in a structure is is Mm -hmm. take its own length of, you know, bravery. And then I think the opposite of, you know, Hey, when you're a person out here, literally, I just made a post on Facebook about, you know, um, being an entrepreneur is sometimes it's, it's a vision, but it's a blind space, meaning you're working with a lot of puzzle pieces and you don't see everything, but as long as you have vision and you have passion, you can arrive to a destination of success. So, I'm very um, passionate about sharing that piece of my journey because I think there's no real place you get that other than just doing it. You have to kind of fall out the plane, so to speak.
0: I love that. Yes. So how did you initially come up with a name for your brand in your social media handles? Were you forward thinking in that a little bit? And just tell us a little bit about how you came up with that.
1: Yes. So regarding social media, because I think that's just such a big, place and a big platform now for so many people so what's funny is when I first got on Twitter I had an extremely long handle okay I was <laughs> so my my degree is in pastry arts which a lot of people don't really know that I don't really talk about that too much but um, my first like when I graduated school it was pastry arts um, with a concentration in um, you know French baking and cuisine etc and so my handle on, on Twitter was pastry chef tiffany janelle okay first of all you know tip my dad did not spell tiffany traditionally i have an i at the end of my name i was asking for a lot of trouble um with that handle and so actually to be fair chef to the stars was actually born out of a little bit of vitriol there was somebody who was coming for me on on twitter and she was just like Uh who are you you know then like very blatantly she was just like you know who are you and I was like, "What?" She was like, "You know, who have you cooked for?" And she was just being nasty. Oh my god! Yeah, it, I was. It, I was. I couldn't believe. It. I mean, she's you know an older black woman. I was expecting her to be a little more, you know, loving in that space. But right. She wasn't. And so for that, you know, I was like, "Well, you know, I'm I'm chef to the startup chef to the people that you know you like to read about and talk about." And and actually, one of my first clients, he kind of joked about that as well. Um, Tracy McGrady was actually my first. Um, like, celebrity, I guess, clients. So he would joke about that as well. So Chef to the Stars was really born out of that. It was born out of wanting to identify myself as a go-to person now. The people you just read on my resume were not my clients at the time. Well, some of them (laughs) were, like, two of them were. Um, But, you know, I was was hopeful, you know, I was speaking into a space that was blind. I, I knew what I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. And this was nearly a decade ago, over a decade ago. So I say all that to say that you can... It's not about faking it till you make it, but it is about applying your effort. And so Chef to the Stars eventually did align uh, completely, you know, with what I do every day versus, you know, at the time what I was kind of doing, but I was aspiring to as well. Mm -hmm. So I think in that space, you definitely have to identify yourself. People want to align with someone that knows what they're doing. They're looking for these self-made professionals um, and they want to align with brands that sound like. Um, they know what they're doing and they want to visually see that too on your page.
0: I absolutely agree with that. And I have lots of clients coming to me now that are trying to, you know, align themselves in this space of being a brand expert in one way or another. So I think that everybody's trying to carve that
1: space out for themselves. So I totally agree with that. Yes. Yeah. that That's definitely what they're doing. And I, I you know, I, from time to time struggle with Instagram. I just recently got back on Twitter I'm trying to get into it again because it's different to just read words again and not (laughs) see photographs and not be stimulated that way. And so, yeah, there's a lot of open-ended space there to do and and carve out, like you said, a particular niche in the social market. But the social market is really dominating a lot of dollars. And so for me, if you're going to be on there you got to make it work for you. You have to be financially and fiscally responsible with your time, you know, give it some time and let it, you know, give you a re uh, return on your investment. You know, if you're going to invest your time, make sure it's, it's worth it. So be on there with intention is my absolutely. Mm -hmm.
0: And speaking of social media, anyone that has been to your page can kind of see the consistency in your brand message and you have this really nice and clean aesthetic. So I guess in your opinion, what's the most important factor in branding your social media and how do you kind of create this captivating connection with your audience through your
1: posts? So I think that comes from over time. For me, what I will say is that it's a combination of a couple of things. Um, definitely get your brand bay. you know, you need to get someone <laughs> who's going to understand you know, what your logo needs to look like. I Absolutely. feel like the beginning of everything for me. You know this about how many projects we worked on together. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll come up with a name of something first. God has blessed me with that ability to really name something. You and are then go very forward. gifted in that area. <laughs> and thank you. And then go forward with, you know, the actual visual. What does that look like for me mm-hmm. forever? You know, my brands have always been black and white. Um, And that's just because I like, the cleanliness of that for spiritual reasons and for visual reasons. And Mm -hmm. then from there, you know, I know at the beginning I was kind of, I wasn't sure what Instagram was. So I was kind of posting and, sharing a little bit. I'm a very private person in my real life. So I don't really like, I didn't really share my baby. I didn't really have a lot of photographs of my family and my friends, but probably actually then I shared more, way more than I do now. And so mm-hmm. that was the beginning. And then kind of the middle phase when I was really building my following, because I remember having like 28 followers, like people were like, oh my God, how did you get followers? Mm-hmm. I'm like, child, I remember when I had 28. Okay, literally, I, I could count them on my finger. So I think what it, what people Latch on to is the person you know when it's a fine line. DMs at that time, I know people. The DMs have gotten a bad rap, honey. A bad, <laughs> yeah, rap. But I do think when you're engaging social media for what it's for, you're not doing wrong things. Well, not wrong things. Other right. things with it, you know. Then you can make it work to your benefit. And I, I would say, I would say on a percentage scale, probably you know forty percent of my business comes from direct messages or people that have engaged me on Instagram. They follow my Social media journeys. Some people have literally been saving for a wedding to a man. They don't even have money, but they are yeah. direct, you know, about I want you to do my wedding. I want you to do my baby shower. You know, they're very um, sweet, you know, and very um, mm-hmm. connected to eventually using my services. They're not going to call me for their everyday needs but they definitely have an idea in their mind of when they would like to and so I think that about all brands I think if you are a, a amazing hairstylist you're a web designer you know you're a person that um, has an amazing t-shirt line people aren't going to buy your shirt every day but when they think about you know something they want to say without saying it they're going to think about your brand if they're engaged so I do think it's just about like I said the one thing I could say if I couldn't say anything else is commute to your social media daily Make it a part of your journey in a space that's intentional, that's nice. You know, don't be a person that's on social media being mean. You know, I, right, I hate to get off on this right. tangent, but y'all out here sowing the wrong seeds and you're making nasty comments on celebrities' pages and then you're expecting to reap, you know, business. It doesn't work like that. So, right, right. I, I just, I implore people to be responsible with their social media. It's, it's something mm-hmm. that, you know, we're blessed to have a kind of a blind voice there. People trust. A lot of the things that a lot of people say, especially when you have a certain number of followers, you have to be responsible.
0: Yeah, definitely be responsible. And I guess also piggybacking on social, um, which I feel like has a lot to do with the branding of our companies, because, you know, this is how people connect with us and they learn about us. And you made a very good point earlier. If we're not a huge corporation, people want to see our face and they want to know who is the person behind this brand and so you have to find a way to become personable and people you know for people to get to know just a little bit about you and a little bit about your business to trust you to to you know do business with you and you recently made a really big announcement on social media and can you tell us a little bit about where your business is headed these days what's on the horizon for your brand and also the foundation that you've built with your current branding, how do you feel like that can support and adapt to changes that you'll make in the future?
1: Yes. Well, thank you for bringing up um, the <laughs> elephant in my room right now, which is um, we are transitioning the brand to New York city, which is huge, which is major. I, you know, I'm, I'm still, it's so funny. Cause I've been knowing that I was moving to New York probably for the last six months, you know, and moving the brand there. And so, Um, it's not scary for me for once. I don't have anxiety when I moved to LA. It was, I had a whole thing secured, and (laughs) and I was going. And so, I've definitely had the blessing of living on the west coast, living on obviously the Gulf Coast, uh, being born and raised there. But now, going to New York is special. Um, I have done so much business um, in New York, I'm so well connected there. I have some amazing friends and support systems um, already there. Um, you know, mentorship for me is there. There's just a lot of opportunities in the the great city of New-, New York is a very wealthy city if people mm-hmm. don't know that, is it, yes the rent is high but the reason the rent is high is because there's a lot of capital floating around there so mm-hmm. investing in myself in this space has been rewarding um, I'm also for my personal life allowing myself to give my daughter an opportunity to grow up uh, with the arts and things like that that we don't really Amazing. have access to living in Houston and so yeah, it's, it's very important to me to, to give her that. And so with that being said, you know, I think branding tools are important to a transition of a brand. I mean, we will still, obviously we, the, beautiful thing about my brand is that I'm a plane ride away from pretty much any event I want to do. Um, And I think anyone that's worked with me knows that. And so we've always traveled. Traveling is a part of my brand. It's a big piece of that. Uh, What I'm trying to reduce is the amount of traveling that I'm doing to some degree, Mm -hmm. meaning, (laughs) you know, being in New York helps me not have to go there to work so much. So I say all that to say, um, yeah, you know, those branding tools are helpful because the way you've communicated with, you're following, you know, through social media or through your emails and your newsletters, whatever way you communicate to your base, um, you know, you need tools. You need that familiar logo. Again, when you've got your your logo, it's like your thumbprint. When people see that thumbprint, they're like, oh, I have had people that say, oh, I only came to this event because I saw your logo on the flyer. <laughs> Brand
0: recognition. That's <laughs> awesome.
1: <laughs> it's branding. Yeah. And it's all all throughout the years. And I think we actually did maybe what about Two years ago, we did, like, a slight visual change to the Mm -hmm. Tiffany Janelle Chef to the Stars brand because I wanted to freshen it up a little bit, give it a new face, um, but still stay true to kind of the the fix of it. Um, As a food person, I'm not a fan of, like, these pots and steaming pots with chef hats. I don't like all that because I I like the idea of also being able to add to my brand. So moving to New York, uh, some of the things that I'll be doing is – adding on a lifestyle piece to the food, you know, talking about, um, you know, the spiritual tie to food, um, particularly being a woman of color, working in that philanthropic space with food. I'm doing more with my nonprofit, um, Honor Humanity. Uh, We will be doing more in the food insecurity space, specifically in the tri-state area, serving um, young boys and girls and teaching them how to grocery shop, uh, teaching them how to leave their neighborhoods that are food insecure, meaning, you know, literally the neighborhood doesn't have a quality grocery store. So it's okay to leave, get on a bus or a train, or learn about amazing services like Instacart and Fresh Direct, brands that will deliver food to you. So, me expanding my brand to another city um, also allows other connections that are kind of satellite things that I do around my brand. When people see the Tiffany Janelle logo and that the way I built that over the years, they will trust that. And that's Mm -hmm. the biggest thing with branding. People want to feel that they can trust you. When we see a Walgreens logo, when we see Target, these are brands that we've grown up shopping and we trust those brands. We trust that when we walk in Target, there's going to be a nice big basket for us to spend all our money with. The story <laughs> yes. is well To, overfill. <laughs> to overfill. To overfill. Uh, we only came in here for soap, but we're leaving out of here with T-shirts and yes. cell phones, you know, and whatever. And so there's a trust that's there. And the reason we overspend is because we trust the brand. You know, that's, that's really right. where that comes from. And so to build generational wealth, I think across the board, it's about building a brand visually that people identify with. And they just say, you know what? I trust her. She's going to show up. Uh, he's going to come in and he's going to, you know, do what he said he was going to do because he did it for 10 of my other friends, you know, whatever that trust is, you're blindly building it at first, but once people start identifying it, they just go with it. So Mm -hmm. I I think that um, across the board, I'm excited to take the brand to New York. I'm looking forward to all of the connections and people that will, um, you know, remind themselves or remember, you know, the brand that they've seen so far away for so long, but now I'll be right, right there.
0: Yes. I love that I love how your brand recognition continues to grow and and evolve and people trust when they see that logo and they see your name they automatically associate that with a certain experience and that has been great to be able to work with you on that. And you certainly have all the great ideas. I just execute everybody. She's the brains <laughs> behind everything. And I mean, and
1: one of my biggest compliments to you is always people like, Oh my God, who did your logo? Who does your So I'm always sending people to the brand Bay because you do. Thank I do you. because I, I, I'm like, well, you know, I know there's probably cheaper people. I know there's probably, mm-hmm. you know, maybe someone that, You know, can give you a turnaround in in 20 minutes, but this person is dedicated to your long haul. And I think that's what people have to remember. We're not looking for a cookie cutter logo. We're not looking for visuals that are short standing. We want something that's going to make an impression. And now when you talk about social media engagement, it's beyond likes. Now we're talking about impressions and I think everybody's like noticed that with their Instagram is now documenting that and keeping up with that information for you. But when I know for me, when I'm shopping and giving, um, not shopping, but I'm sharing information for like marketing decks to big corporations for partnerships and collaborative efforts, they look at that social engagement page for impressions. So you may have, you know, a thousand likes. But what do your impressions look like? Your Mm -hmm. impressions might be in the tens of thousands, you know. So it's the same thing with your brand, you know, no matter what, you know, whatever. There's 1% that's, you know, literal, you know, people saying, I like what you do. And then there's 10,000 people that are never going to say that I like you. That's right. I like what you do to your face. It's just like walking down the street. You have a beautiful yellow dress on. Four people stop and say, oh, my God, you look amazing today. But really, 20 people wanted to stop and tell you. They just didn't. And that's what what that means and so you want to be making those impressions. Um, impressions are the silent winner um, of, of branding so definitely I, I'm, uh, I'm excited about what we've been able to accomplish so far together and you already know it's a million other things in the cash <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> Yes,
0: and this is, a, this is something to my designers who listen to this episode it's about working with entrepreneurs like Chef Tiffany who I've kind of grown up, so grown up working on her brand. So we started off years ago. I I don't even know how many years ago, but there, you know, we have grown to have um, an understanding. So I know what her style is and she knows what my style is. So we've come kind of in the middle now to where she comes to me with a new project and I automatically know what her kind of aesthetic is. And I'm able to design something that has a lot less edits. And for my designers out there, I think one important thing to keep in mind is to not become um, discouraged when you get edits from a client. And it's more so to take that as a learning experience. And this is the way that you can grow with some of your clients and they'll come back to you for future projects and they'll come back to you for logo refreshes and and, and different social media templates and things like that is when they know that you can listen to them and you can take their criticism and you can create something beautiful and something that they feel like represents their brand. So we'll kind of get into that also in future episodes. And I want to kind of do a deep dive into the logo redesign that we did for you because it
1: was just a refresh. It wasn't a totally different logo. Well, I think that's important to Mm -hmm. remember for any, any brand that's established, particularly like people had been, my brand had been like really, really established at that point. I mean, people were seeing it, um, you know, between the restaurants I was consulting at the time, the television interviews, there was just a lot of places that logo was used. And so to your point, um, trusting your designer to take you to a next level without altering your brand so much that it becomes unfamiliar. So we stuck with the black and white, uh, you know, white background, black lettering. Um, It was still in a script font. That was legible. You know, you didn't take me to another place. You know, it just was a familiar place. It's like going to the beach. This beach is pretty, you know, Mm -hmm. but I just want to go down here. The water's a little bluer down here kind of thing. And so it was just more clarity in a, in a space that I could work in and to piggyback on what you just said, you know, earlier, I think what's so important is that trust is there, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, now, like, I mean, I always, to be fair, I always trusted Leah really from the beginning. She actually, uh, the brand Bay concept came out of that trust. Like I was able to call her brand Bay based off (laughs) of Like, yeah, like, go on, girl, you know, go, go and do that, you know. But it was, we started off with my cake company. That's actually where we started. So Mm -hmm. Leah met me through having a piece of my cake. and Which is amazing, (laughs) by the way. (laughs) Thank you. And my, my cake design company, I bought out another very old bakery. Like, this bakery used to do my cakes when I was a kid. And so we were revamping that brand. And I was also coming off of working from a contractual place with another brand. So I was just like, it was very muddled and great for me. And so we started off with my company name. And then eventually I wanted to talk more about food. I didn't want to do cakes anymore. So Leah actually helped me transition from cakes to food. I don't know that she really realizes that, but I was really doing Mm -hmm. wedding cakes. I was doing wedding cakes, birthday cakes, really beautiful cakes. But I was like, all right, well, I'm ready to cook now. I I did an event for 1,500 people and can't nobody tell me nothing. So now I want to (laughs) do... food you know and so to embrace my name as the face of my business was a scary thing you know I was no longer hiding behind um, this third party name if you will and so mm-hmm. that third person went away and now we had Chef Tiffany Janelle and you know the Chef to the Stars piece and so I think even just recently we added the Chef to the Stars tagline because that wasn't yep. even a part of the original so that was really That's the right. big refresh yeah that we did so mm-hmm. I, I, I think your that name. Mm -hmm. yeah well I think that when you're a chef you should use your name because people want to know who you you're not target you know you again like we said earlier you are cooking food and people want to know who's cooking what even though we blindly trust people at Chick-fil-A to make our chicken nuggets you know Mm -hmm. I don't know her name but I want to know who this person is standing in my kitchen and be you know, on my television telling me how to right. see this chicken. For so, so yeah, more private like, experiences, right? Correct. People want to, to be able to identify you. And so that doesn't mean that I think most brands don't necessarily need your name, obviously, but in certain spaces you do. So it was important, I think, across the board to me that we just did that transition. And it went very smoothly. I think social media took to it very easily. Mm-hmm. And so did my existing client base.
0: I agree. All right, I'm gonna move into some quickie questions. So I just want you to give me the first answer that kind of comes to your
1: mind. Okay. All right.
0: What is your advice to combat imposter syndrome?
1: Imposter syndrome. Yes,
0: I see a lot of it <laughs> on social media right now, and I think we all go through it sometimes. You know, looking at other brands and trying to find our own way, and you know, well, keeping your eyes on your own paper. So.
1: Yeah, I got you. I mean, you know, the the saying is true. You know. Just get in your lane and go, I guess. But, I, you know, it is difficult to ignore. I'm not going to, as a person who's definitely um, felt this, my, my quickest answer is you have to know when you are a trendsetter and mm. you have to accept when you are a trendsetter. There's a difference between, you know, a copycat and someone who wants to be mentored by you. All these things kind of fall in the same category, but I just want to say ultimately when you're a trendsetter, it's, it's very clear that you are because so many people are mimicking mm-hmm. what you do. So I wouldn't necessarily call these people imposters, mm-hmm. but what I would say is they do you know, see what you're doing and it's very obvious in what they're showing and what they're putting to the media. So my, my advice is to just keep going because clearly what you're doing is influential and what mm-hmm. you want to do with that is find out how you can monetize your influence. And I think social media has taught us that, if nothing else, y'all got all this flat tummy tea and whatever else. So, you know. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so right. Keep monetizing your influence. Keep figuring out that next step to get that check to, you know, get to the next place so you can influence another area. But that's something I definitely had to man- master mm-hmm. was that I was a culinary influencer and I wasn't even realizing so many people were just making money, literally, from what I was just casually sharing. So.
0: hmm <laughs> Love that. Okay, so you mentioned some apps a little bit earlier in our conversation. What's your favorite app or tech tool right now?
1: My favorite, it's been a long time standing. (laughs) And I think, so the way people got to know me, I think in the last few years is, if you go to my page, there's a lot of food and there's a lot of quotes. Mm -hmm. So I like to share my personality through my quotes a little bit. And so Word Swag is like my favorite app on like my phone. Um I'm you know, I have other apps that I probably use, but Word Swag is like my go to. I probably get on Word Swag daily.
0: I like that one too. <laughs> <laughs> they keep renaming themselves and sometimes it's hard for me to find them. I
1: mean on my phone. I,
0: so maybe I they heard. need to come talk to me about their branding.
1: Yeah, they do. They need to come <laughs> have a chat. They they keep changing their visual too, like just the yeah. way they find their icon. Yeah. I mean, Shameless plug. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. what is your best advice for entrepreneurs, like new entrepreneurs trying to brand their businesses and thinking about where they might go in the future? What's your best advice for them?
1: Um, I think I've been saying that plug along, not just because I'm on the phone with you, but I would say it if I wasn't. Get yourself a person that <laughs> is going to align to your brand because it's it really is that important to what you need to be seen, what's going to set you apart from the next you know, lady that does hair is that what that brand you're building that trust, you know, for instance, with hair, you know, I got to trust you to put heat in my head, I have to trust you, you know, so trust and, and aligning yourself with a person that sees your vision that wants to catapult you and make you that they're well studied on what they do as well. You know what I mean? Aligning with somebody that's like, you know what, I know fonts. I know the types mm-hmm. of funds. When you say you want something scripty, I've got 500 scripty fonts. you know, whatever that means. So really getting with someone that knows how to see that and then being diligent about how you engage um, in social media, how you engage in email um, activity and exchanges with your base and really and in truly investing there. Start there with your finances. People spend a lot of money on weird things at the beginning and they never want to spend the money on investing in that. Amen. And that that's is true. And I don't understand it. You <laughs> you wanna true. only pay the person that's gonna make your thumbprint two hundred dollars. You wanna pay this person two hundred dollars, but you'll go and give two thousand dollars to some random, you know, collection of lotions and potions. I mean, let's get the the visual. I mean, people been giving massages with oils for years. You don't need all that. You need to get a, a brand that's going to start you off on the right foot and leverage your position. Mm-hmm. That is so true.
0: You bring up such a good point because branding is not what you say it is. Your brand is not what you say it is. Your brand no. is what other people think it is. So Absolutely. Just Absolutely. to your point that you said earlier that you know you had some people come up to you and say, I only came to this event because I saw your logo on the flyer. Well, they knew in their mind what experience they were planning to have. So you can go on social media and say, I'm the best chef. You know, I plan great experiences. I plate the best. Well, you can say that, but what do other people think? And that's what your brand really is. And there's not a price tag that you can really put on that. So you can go and you can DIY your own logo or you can pay for a really cheap, quick logo. But does that really convey the message that you want? Is that going to grow with your brand? And so those are some of the things that we really need to think about. And you know, if you fall into a category where you want to DIY, we'll definitely give you some tips and strategies for that. But if you plan on taking your brand, you know, building a luxury brand like Chef Tiffany has, or you definitely have plans to get into the six, seven figures, you really need to think about putting some intentionality behind how you. Um, you know, bring your business and the foundation
1: for your visuals and all sorts of things like that. Well, I and I just quickly I will add to that and say it's a fine line. People, now this is the other thing, okay? And this is where I have to just call a thing a thing, okay? So, <laughs> so there's a fine line between a brand and a hobby, and right. I say this all the time when I'm teaching uh, my mogul map course. You know, I tell people, are you being paid to run errands or are you seeking profitability and Mm -hmm. there is a difference in that and when i talk about profitability i mean are you able to quit your day job and get paid to do this or is this you know a hobby and i and i say that because we can all build building is one thing when you're building to a place or you're very passionate about your side projects that's beautiful and and there's nothing wrong with that um and so there's a a line you walk between having uh hobbies you know and things that are just kind of filling space and time, I challenge people to say, you know what, save your money from your side gig for like 90 days and see mm-hmm. what type of money yields from that and then make a goal for that money. What is that investment going to be now with that? And that's how you really see if you're really passionate about the sales side, et cetera, et cetera. But ultimately brand building, when you you would understand why you need to spend $1,000 on your logo. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to make $100,000, you wouldn't have a that's problem with right. that, you know? That's and right. So, if you're if you just want to say I'm making Tips T-shirts, well then I don't necessarily know if I'm gonna make that my multi-million-dollar business. So I may only want to spend a couple hundred dollars mm-hmm. on what Tips Tees looks like as far as a logo. So I get that. There's also you you uh, from the design to the designers. I would just say don't be discouraged by people that aren't necessarily taking themselves seriously. There are people that just don't know what a brand is versus what they're just kind of bored and they're doing something they kind of like to do there's a huge right.
0: mm-hmm. and there's an intake process that um i plan on going through in maybe a future segment to talk about um how we identify clients with different goals and everybody that everybody that comes to you doesn't mean that they're aligned to work with you so you can definitely uh, refer them out if they don't you know they don't have the budget to work with you right then and there their timeline is too short or the scope of work is maybe too big or too small and so we'll talk about that and get into that that's a very great point so I love that you brought that up absolutely okay my last quickie question are you ready
1: I'm ready I think
0: (laughs) (laughs) is mac and cheese a side item or a meal
1: oh my god oh my god oh my god God. you know you know, I okay. So here's the thing because it's it's, a, it's I'm gonna give the the public answer. In my humble opinion, I feel you know there are whole restaurants that are dedicated to macaroni and cheese. Yes, um, whole restaurants. You know, you walk in, that's all they sell is macaroni and cheese. And you know, I feel that I make an amazing macaroni and cheese. Myself. You do the best I- I've ever had. I mean, and so, but I do feel it's designed to accompany a meal. I don't consider it, you know, a thing you should sit in front of and just eat that. Now, that is mainly because, I'm going to just say this one more thing. I don't have Parmesan cheese in my macaroni and cheese. So for those that are doing things like that, you're maybe experiencing more of an Italian dish. And mm. if all you're eating is Alfredo and noodles, I mean, honey, maybe it is a main dish to you. You know, but I do feel <laughs> macaroni and cheese in my household growing up. Was something that went alongside certain holiday meals. It went, you know, along with other things. So, I mean, for those of you that are eating just bowls of macaroni and cheese, have at it, honey. Enjoy it. Um, but I, I don't know if that was the intention. Really. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, guys, that is also an inside joke, but a serious <laughs> question as well. <laughs> and there you have it the awesome interview with Chef Tiffany. Thank you so much for joining us today. Tell the people where they can connect with you after this episode.
1: Thank you so much for having me today. It was my pleasure. I think this is such an important conversation and space, particularly uh, for women entrepreneurs. I think this is just an invaluable place to get this type of information. Um, For you guys that want to keep up with me, please log on to Instagram where I am chef to the stars. And that's a number two, because again, branding, you know, somebody stole the regular (laughs) chef to the stars. So chef to the stars with the number two. So C H E F the number two, T H E S T A R S. And you can feel free to also visit my lovely uh, website that uh, brand Bay has also amazingly designed for me. And that is Tiffany Janelle. And that's Tiffany with an I janelle.tv so that's www.tiffanyjanelle.tv visit me there for videos and connecting me with me there on instagram i look forward to um seeing you guys online and uh, make the best of your brand Bay. leah thank you so much for having me I thank you
0: so much and there
1: you have it guys
0: hey rapes, wasn't that an awesome interview with Chef Tiffany. She definitely dropped us a lot of gems and I hope that you took some notes and picked up um, some of her wisdom. I just love talking to her. She's one of my favorite clients and she's also a very good friend uh, from working together all these years. So um, if you like what you heard, tell a fellow boss babe, tell a friend to check us out. Um, Please rate review subscribe on itunes if you're listening to me on anchor definitely send me a voice message i want to hear from you want to hear what you think about the content so far and what you want to hear next i plan on reading um you know all of you guys comments and listening to all of those voice messages definitely check me out on the gram at the dbrandbay and online www.brandbay.com talk to you later guys bye